So hello and welcome to the Unequal Exchange podcast. I'm Joseph, and today I'm joined by Torkel Lawison. Torkel, you're a commentator on Unequal Exchange in various ways. You've written uh, different texts like The Global Perspective where you discuss Unequal Exchange. And today we want to discuss the theory a little bit in comparison to other analyses of imperialism, where they come from, and what is unique about unequal exchange as put forward by Arguri Emanuel. So that's all for an introduction. I'll let you take it away to discuss where unequal exchange comes from and its different interpretations. Yes. Um, uh, I want to start with this uh, kind of, of, of frame, this kind of, of, of theory in a historical uh, context, because, well, ideas uh, just uh, don't fall uh, from the sky or or appears in 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 the head of a of a, a, a genius uh, they 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 uh, they occur ideas come from from different kind of of, of social uh, uh, practice in in society and and the uh, and the class struggle, there is a close link between uh, what goes on in the world, uh, the actual historical uh, development, and the different uh, project with classes and states have, and uh, theories and political uh, debates. These things are are, are are closely interlinked. And what was was going on in in the late fifties and the beginning of of uh, the 60s yes it was first of all the the period of of, of decolonization uh, after the, the the second world war and there was also this kind of of unique uh, constellations of of, of different uh, uh, contradictions um uh the United States uh, came out of, of the Second World War as the new um, uh, leader of the of the capitalist uh, system, taking over from the British uh, Empire. Uh, Germany was defeated as a as a as a competitor, and uh, uh, the United States uh, was also transferring the old uh, colonial system into a new uh, neo-colonial uh, um, uh, system. At the same time, uh, the, the Soviet Union came, came out as a strong power of the Second World War and uh, a kind of um, uh, made a, a balance uh, with the United States and which also opened up this uh, decolonization uh, 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 process for progressive forces for communist and and uh, socialist so you have this unique um, historical uh, moment where these uh, main contradictions were was um, interfering uh, with uh, each other and you have this new uh, progressive uh, states in in the third world vietnam and uh, cuba and and uh, Chile and other states, and and and, and uh, most important, uh, uh, China was trying to uh, developing socialism. So, in in this uh, environment, um, uh, there came new theory of of uh, imperialism, and I think it 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 started with with uh, at least one important person to mention is is Paul. Baron from the United States, uh, the, the founder of uh, Monthly uh, Review. Uh, the U.S. have this discourse at the time of uh, modernization and uh, development that the third world, due to uh, in this uh, neo-colonial system, they have to be uh, modernized and they should kind of go through uh, a development uh, as Europe and and US have uh, gone, they was just uh, lacking a little bit behind, but they should go through the same um, capitalist uh, development. But but uh, Paul Barron he began to speak about uh, there was uh, not only development, there was also underdevelopment, and these two uh, processes was linked. 
and he, I think in uh, 57, he, uh, he uh, published a, a book about development and, and under development as two uh, sides of the same uh, coin. And this was a kind of big uh, eye opener, uh, I think, because, you know, uh, Marx have always talked about that that uh, capitalism would would spread all over the uh, the, the world. That that when uh, India looked at uh, Britain, it was looking at its future. You will have this uh, uh, kind of spreading of uh, of uh, uh, capitalism, and what appears was that this was not a kind of homogeneous spreading process, but it was a, also a polarizing uh, uh, project uh, um, in the capitalist uh, world uh, system. And this was what what uh, Paul Barron uh, repeated. And it had a great influence on, on Andre Günther Frank, uh, which I think was a German or uh, who have uh, who have moved to uh, Latin America at the time? I, I think he lived uh, in uh, Brazil at uh, the time, and he picked this this uh, idea up and developed it into uh, the theory of of dependency uh, also. And at the same time, uh, Amin in in Egypt, he in also in actually in in fifty seven, he he published his uh, thesis about uh, the capitalist world system and the development and under the development. And also, you know, uh, Emmanuel, he started to uh, talking about. Uh, on Nicole Exchange in in sixty uh, two, he presented his uh, ideas in an article in in sixty two in Paris. But he was actually coming out of of the Congo. He had uh, lived there for for the past nearly twenty years, so he was actually also coming out of of uh, of the third world. So you have this uh, theory uh, coming from from many places uh, in the late uh, 50s and the beginning of uh, the 60s. Yeah. yeah, so just to dig deeper into it, we have some key figures that people will be familiar with. Emmanuel Wallerstein, Andre Gunder Frank, Samir Amin, Roy Mauro Marini as well. And these are all theorists who I think we sometimes lump in with dependency theory. And we don't allow the differences in, and ruptures between their different theories. And Arguri Emanuel is certainly one who, as you just mentioned, he his definition of unequal exchange is very different than that proposed by Samir Amin, Marini. Why is it that we conflate these together often and we just label it all drain or uh, extraction without understanding the tensions between the different interpretations put forward in this time period? Well, of course, there is some differences between them. How, how, what, what, what is the driver? What is the motive uh, force, and and uh, and so on? But they have also, I think, many many similarities, uh, which I think also is is interesting. And we should not only, I think, focus on on these. Uh, differences but also see how they how they um, how they supplement uh, each other if we for instance take um, um, marini in in uh, in uh, Brazil I and and he's talking about this uh, super exploitation of the Latin American uh, proletariat and at the same time you have um, you have the race of of uh, wages in in uh, europe and north uh, america in the emmanuel uh, unequal exchange he see this race in the in, in the wage um in in western europe and america as the driver for uh, for unequal uh, exchange so i think for instance in in that way, these two theories uh, supplement each other, but uh, Marini sees it from the perspective of, of Latin America, while 
uh, Emmanuel sees uh, the the motive force or or the main driver as as um, as coming out of the Western Europe, which Marini actually also uh, also says because he 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 sees that Latin America is is uh, what is going on in Latin America is determined by 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 the development in uh, in Western Europe um, uh, at the time, and I think also that 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 he. Uh, he, you know, he 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 talks about that two 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 circles of accumulation uh, is established. One 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 circle in in the dependent country in uh, Latin America, and one circle uh, in in the uh, imperialist uh, center. But these two uh, kinds of accumulation. Uh, are linked uh, together, but they have certain uh, specificities. Uh, uh, they are not uh, sim similar. They have two kind of of, uh, of accumulation, but they are uh, uh, linked uh, to, to, together. And in that way, I I, uh, I think it's it's um, it's it's a supplement uh, unequal exchange in in many ways. I'm curious, we have a question on the the political implications, which I think is a, an interesting dimension of the question. And the question is about whether the political implications of these different interpretations of unequal exchange. So for example, Emmanuel is very, as you just mentioned, forceful in discussing the labor aristocracy as the driving force, the wage increases in the global north as the reason for unequal exchange, whereas Samir Amin doesn't see that as necessarily the case. And it, it reminded me of the fact that on the cover and back cover of uh, the, tech, the text that your group released, Unequal Exchange and the Prospects of Socialism, it has uh, Emmanuel's preface in which he agrees with many of your conclusions. And I remember that you wrote to Emmanuel Wallerstein as well, and Wallerstein said along the lines of, I don't agree with every conclusion necessarily in the in the text. So I wonder what you think in these different theorists and these different approaches were the different political conclusions around the labor aristocracy in particular. Emmanuel seems to believe that the labor aristocracy means the prospects of revolution in the global north are, are very unlikely because of this wage increase. They have to be, there has to be a third world revolution. Whereas the others seem to believe there can be more ability to reverse the gains uh, accumulated by the labor aristocracy. Uh, that's uh, that's that that's for sure, and and uh, um, and I think that uh, Emmanuel was uh, pretty much uh, alone with his uh, stand um, uh, at the time, and. Uh, uh, it, 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 it's correct that that uh, Samir Amin saw more uh, possibilities uh, uh, in in the in in some part of the European uh, working class that uh, that uh, Amin uh, that uh, Emmanuel did, and and for sure the same with with. Uh, with uh, Wallerstein, and um, well, we you 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 had. Uh, I I I think if if you look at at the at the past fifty years of 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 history, I think that the history of the working class in in Europe and and in in North America uh, and and their contribution to to uh, socialism, you have to give uh, Emmanuel uh, 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 credit because he, 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 he was a uh, uh, right uh, movement of, of solidarity with the with the global south in the past fifty years, and we are not, and we are certainly not uh, uh, seeing it uh, at the moment where. Where most of the population in North America and in uh, and in 
in Western Europe uh, or East, and also Eastern Europe are, are rallying uh, uh, around uh, uh, NATO. And I see we see this strong division of the world now uh, uh, at the moment. But but I think actually that that uh, it has also to do with with uh, psychologic that that it's very difficult to to uh, live in 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 a society where you think that that the waste majority of the people uh, around you is against your political uh, uh, project and. Uh, where there's uh, very little prospect of of picking up uh, uh, support from from your uh, project, and and this is um this is a difficult uh, psychological, uh, I think. Um, so I I think it's also have uh, this is part of of the reason for 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 the hopes of people who are who are even. Um, um, pro uh, unequal exchange in in the theory but to draw the political consequences uh, in full scale is very difficult because then you okay what what do you do then it, it's a difficult um, it's a difficult um, uh, conclusion to draw i think definitely and what's interesting to me is that we have uh this analysis that I think Emmanuel has that isn't replicated in the other theorists as much, which is, of course, an analysis of consumption and of crisis, uh, predominantly in his book, Profits and Crises. I, I want to ask you why you think this text is important and also in what way you would incorporate an analysis of consumption. Has consumption in the global north prolonged capitalism's lifespan? And also, how do you compare that to the the different interpretations around the labor aristocracy that, for example, you have in uh, in the KAK from Gottfried Appel, the the theory of the parasite state theory and the bribery paid to the labor aristocracy. But of course, in an MKA, you move to more Emmanuel's analysis that it wasn't so much a bribery; it wasn't necessarily super profits, but it was more. The wage as the main function of unequal exchange. So, how do you compare these two lines of analysis of consumption and of wage increases for the labor aristocracy? I think it's important to see um, the ideas of of uh, Emmanuel as uh, connected. There, there is a clear connection, of course, uh, uh, between unequal exchange and uh, profit and crisis, and also. Of, of his uh, writings uh, in the 80s about uh, the development of the productive forces and, and uh, technology. All these kind of things are, uh, of course, uh, 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 connected. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and actually, uh, uh, Marini actually also talks a lot about uh, 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 the consumption power, hmm? and he says that uh, that uh, that uh, because of Latin America, uh, the 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 capitalist in in Latin America in in the nineteen and the early twentieth century, they was predominantly uh, export or orientated. Uh, uh, capitalist exporting uh, raw materials and agricultural uh, uh, products for North America and uh, and uh, uh, Europe, and therefore they were actually not uh, very much concerned about the consumption power of the domestic uh, uh, working class. So it was natural or beneficial for them to go to to this kind of super exploitation. Where you go for the for the so-called absolute uh, uh, surplus uh, value, longer working day, a suppression of the wages below its its value, high intensity of the work, because uh, as long as they could recruit new uh, workers, uh, it was no uh, uh, problem, because the whole circulation of, of their uh, capital was based on on the consumption actually in. 
in Western Europe and in um, and in uh, in in America. Hmm? Mm. Uh, so uh, and it, it was quite opposite in in uh, in Europe and in America where the consumption power was very uh, important to keep a dynamic uh, uh, capitalist uh, uh, process and this was not possible without uh, the extra uh, value transfer from from the uh, colonial uh, system um, and this th there was this change that uh, before 1800 and uh, and the 50 you, we have this uh, recurrent uh, crisis because of overproduction in uh, Europe but this uh, changed in the late 19th century uh, gradually as the wages was uh, uh, raised in uh, in first uh, England and then Germany, specifically Germany, and then uh, uh, also in uh, America very uh, quickly, and also in in uh, Scandinavia. So we have this uh, dynamic coming in with with the the raise of of uh, of uh, the wages, uh, better consumption power. Uh, and this was based on the contribution from the uh, col colonial um, exploitation. And then you have this um, system. Um, and in that way, you can say, and, and this is what what uh, profit and, and uh, crisis is uh, all about, uh, that... Um, that uh, if you look at at uh, capitalism as an isolated uh, uh, system, uh, it has this uh, uh, problem that the consumption power uh, is uh, not big enough to uh, realize the the profit. Uh, the book is a critique of a of a French uh, economist from the eighteenth century called Say, which said that there is a balance between uh, uh, production and uh, consumption that production cr create its own uh, con consumption power and and the book is a, a critique of of uh, this the 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 point is that that uh, that uh, profit is also a part of the consumption power but it cannot be part of the consumption power before it is realized and it is first the profit is first realized when the goods are, are sold so there is this uh, time difference that the profit uh, cannot be part of the consumption power before the profit is, is realized so so this is the the basic uh, uh, problem and one of the ways this uh, contradiction was solved was uh, the unequal exchange. Another way in which is uh, another solution is also to push to push the the problem of consumption power into the future by by creating uh, money and creating debts. Uh, you know, printing money and creating debts that you have a consumption power which have to be to to uh, to have to be uh, the products. But the consumption power have to be produced in the future, and this is also have been very important in in uh, capitalism. The the debt on on a global scale have grown and grown and grown, and uh, at the moment I think it's uh, the the total uh, debt is is uh, the double or more than the double of of the global gross national uh, product at the time so it's the this adept, uh, this pushing uh, the problem with the consumption power into the future have have uh, grown and uh, grown so this is this is at least two way that that capitalism has trying to to solve this uh, this uh, problem and this is a uh, uh, yes and and this is very different from how uh, 
uh, Lenin was looking at at uh, labor aristocracy because in in Lenin's world the labor aristocracy was was the leader of the social uh, democracy. It was the leader of the big uh, trade unions, and they were more more or less uh, corrupted by a by a, on on a personal uh, uh, level uh, by higher wages and 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 uh, and uh, bribery and this was possible by by the super profit from from a monopole uh, uh, capitalism so this is very a very different uh, a very different um, view of the labor uh, aristocracy i mentioned as well the difference between that and the parasite state theory and the or the idea of bribery of the proletariat. How how is that different from this idea of consumption economies uh, that the proletariat and the global north receive a bribe due to unequal exchange and, and it's a parasite state? It was sort of the first version put out by Appel in KAK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but actually, I I will say it's a kind of of transition because the the parasite state is is uh, it's it's different from from Lenin because for from Lenin uh, it was the worker parties and there was the trade union which was uh, which was um, uh, corrupt and and the labor aristocracy. But then, in in the parasite state, it, it is that it, it 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 is the whole state, and this is of course based that that um, that the social democracy uh, became uh, rulers of the state. They actually got state power in in uh, in uh, Germany and in the Scandinavia, and also in many years in in. Um, in uh, England and and also you can say sometimes also the the you have the Democratic Party in the U.S. or on the Roosevelt and so on. You you have this kind of mentality is is uh, growing into the state, and uh, therefore it's it's a parasite. It's a it's a parasite uh, state because they can. It's it's not only a question of of wage uh, any longer. It's a uh, it's 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 a, it's a changing the state. It, it's a it's a public uh, hospital. It's it's a it's a free school. It's free university. It's all kinds of of social security nets and and pension systems and 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 so on. So it's a it's a much bigger constructions than than just getting a, a higher wage. And therefore, it's a parasite state. Uh, yeah. Thank you. I, I want to discuss a little bit about how the theories of unequal exchange can be discussed and analyzed more in the modern day, um, specifically around Emmanuel's writing and uh, uh, appropriate or underdeveloped technology and profits and crises. I think one of the biggest challenges to the theory that, that people propose today is neoliberalism. And you talk about this in the global perspective and say, there's a tendency on the left to look at neoliberalism or neoliberal globalization and say, unequal exchange is over. We've reached a point where we've resumed the kind of class contradiction on a, on a global scale between the proletariat and the bourgeoisie. Why do you think that Emmanuel's analysis suggested that was too, I mean, of course, he didn't live to see neoliberalism fully, but he still suggests that that is not necessarily the case, that this unequal exchange can persist. And you've also written in the global perspective, similarly, that the, the difference between production and consumption means we can keep this unequal exchange while having a, a theoretically globalized world. Yeah. Um... Um, in when uh, unequal exchange was formulated in in the beginning of uh, or in the sixties uh, in the late sixties, um, the uh, international division of labor was still that the third world was producing 
uh, raw material and different kinds of, of agricultural uh, products and, and, uh, and food products. And then they also have some kind of, of uh, light industry and or simple industry textile maybe, but it was, it was, it was mainly raw materials and it was coffee and bananas and uh, different kinds of, of uh, but also soya beans and all kinds of food stuff. Uh, this was the international uh, division. And this, I cha this changed very uh, dramatically, and I think very profound and very basic with uh, neoliberalism. Uh, what happened was that all kinds of industry was moved to the third world uh, in the pursuit of of uh, cheap uh, labor to try to to uh, um, get uh, capitalism into a more dynamic and get more and new uh, 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 profits. And um, at the time when uh, Emmanuel lived and we discussed it uh, uh, with him, uh, we often said, uh, okay, why don't they do this? Why, why don't they move all kinds of industry to, to the third world? Uh, why, why don't they move all the industry? And, and his argument was at the time that it was not possible politically because of the strengths of the working class in, in, uh, in uh, Europe, the trade unions. And also he uh, thought that it was... Uh, the logistic and and uh, and uh, the capability, uh, the ability to to control and to steer this uh, process and to keep the the logistic was also uh, a, a hinder for a total uh, outsourcing of of all uh, production to to uh, cheap labor. Um, and also, it was only the biggest companies that could do it that have the uh, resources to do this uh, uh, transfer. But all these problems were solved by neoliberalism that the, uh, the trade union and the social democracy was, uh, was smashed. There was this uh, critique of the social democratic uh, state that wanted to take all power from people and make them slaves and 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 uh, all all this there was this uh, critique by reagan and and uh, thatcher of of the social state uh, as this uh, nursery state actually and and there was also this development in the productive forces with with the communication and the computers and also with the containers as uh, the new transport system uh, and there was a lot of uh, uh, new kind of management system which make uh, this uh, outsourcing uh, uh, possible. Hmm? So therefore we have this new um, division of uh, labor and it was very huge. Uh, we can see it in, in the statistic that we have this curve, uh, maybe uh, hundreds of millions of, of new proletarians, mostly in Asia and Latin America. Um, so this is a, a, a dramatic change. And in the first place, I would say that it enlarged, uh, of course, unequal exchange uh, very, very much. Uh, you can calculate that that it was uh, many hundred percent. It uh, was the race in in uh, in uh, Köhler have have uh, made this cal calculation, and Sekop have also, and we have also. You can see a, a huge race in in on on equal exchange in the eighties and the nineties, um, but it also changed. It also changed. Um, uh, the uh, the world because for the first time now um, you have this um, technological and and the development of the productive forces in in uh, in uh, 
that in the third world, which dependency theory thought would be impossible without a socialist uh, uh, revolution, and it's it 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 uh, suddenly uh, uh, appeared, and then you have this. Actually, you have this transfer of of uh, technology, especially to to uh, to uh, China, which which also changed, uh, I think, uh, very much because uh, uh, with the Communist Party in in power in uh, China, they were capable with uh, planning and steering uh, to incorporate this uh, technology into uh, the into uh, china and to get hold and control over it which was very different from brazil or mexico or indonesia huh? so china had a very uh, different uh, approach to to neoliberalism uh, than uh, than the rest of the third world it, it, it seemed the same uh, in the first uh, 20 or, or 30 years, but in the last 10 years, we can see this, uh, this uh, difference in, in, uh, in uh, what has uh, uh, happened. And, and China is now capable of precisely because uh, in the beginning, this uh, uh, development of the third world was exactly as uh, Marini said, based on export to North America and and to uh, Europe, and therefore it was based on on low wage. Uh, uh, there was no reason to uh, to raise the wages or to create a a circle uh, within the third world and raise the consumption power because this uh, capitalism, the, the local cap capitalists could get a lot of, of money because it was based on, on uh, export. But when the crisis came in in, in 2007 and 8 in, in, uh, in uh, China, they could see that they could not uh, base their, their development of the product uh, to export any longer. And they started to to uh, create their own internal uh, circle. In the last 10 years, uh, wages, uh, not only in the middle class, but also for workers and, and, and peasants, especially for workers and, and peasants have tripled in, in, uh, in uh, China. And it is, uh, uh, you have not seen it raise in consumption power. And now we can see yet that we have this uh, uh, domestic accumulation in uh, in uh, China now, based on on their own uh, uh, consumption. They have not have this uh, inflation which uh, Europe have had in the last uh, two two years. It doesn't exist in 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 China. They have their own uh, e economic uh, mechanism. So you can see this. This connected uh, with the unequal exchange to to uh, th uh, theories about uh, profit and, and crisis, and also to theories about um, development of the productive forces and and transfer of uh, tech technology. You can fit them in to what is going in in uh, the world uh, at at this uh, moment. Uh, I think. And, and on that point around neoliberalism, I think one of the challenges that people pose to an equal exchange and the theory of the labor aristocracy is to point to the deindustrialization, to stagnation in wages for European and American working class, and say neoliberalism has changed this paradigm fundamentally. How do you think that unequal exchange and the Emmanuel's perspective can still be relevant, even though there is seemingly a, a neoliberal uh, attack on the labor aristocracy? And in what role do you think the financial imperialism conducted by the US, the dollar hegemony, plays a role in perpetuating that unequal exchange for the labor aristocracy? Um, 
I think that uh, actually, if we start with the last point you you mentioned, the the dollar as world money, it, it, it is also one of of uh, things with uh, Emmanuel has written about uh, from from time to time, and and the and the role which dollar have played in in the world uh, economy, and and actually this is one this is one. I mentioned before that unequal exchange and the creation of of debt was two solutions to to keep up the consumption power uh, in the global north. And concerning North America, the dollar as world money was a third a third mechanism for keeping uh, especially the American consumption power up. And America is a big part of the world uh, con- consumption but their ability to just print money and to uh, and to distribute them into the world and get goods uh, without uh, without giving goods was was one more mechanism for for uh, for keeping up uh, the consumption power and this is and and actually this this uh, this uh, to to keep the dollar uh, as uh, world money uh, was was implemented by after the third world, but but, but by all this kind of uh, the IMF and the World Bank and all these uh, Bretton Woods institutions and 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 so on. So it it has a kind of institutional basis, but this basis is built on. I think on crude power of crude military and uh, and uh, political power. And very much of what's going on at the moment is defending, defending the dollar actually because it's a very, very important part of of the U.S. Um, of the U.S. Um, uh, hegemony that they can keep up this uh, this uh, uh, power. So, so this is uh, this is um, actually also a very interesting point, which. Emmanuel uh, writes about uh, this, and I, um, as as I see it now, that um, that uh, well, the labor aristocracy or or the consumer societies they have have uh, developed uh, since um, since uh, especially since after the the Second World War, but now but now they are in some kind of 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 uh, of a crisis because I think for the first time in 100 years on 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 nickel exchanges is going down actually, um, for different reasons uh, because of of the raising wages especially in in uh, in China but I think that uh, more will uh, follow but I think mostly important it will also fall because of of global trade with with fall especially global trade between uh, the global south and the global now, uh, north because we are seeing the erosion of this uh, this neoliberal uh, globalization which is free trade and and this is uh, crumbling by sanctions and by uh, uh, the international uh, po- political crisis with the with the proxy war in Ukraine and 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 so on so we we see this old world system uh, of trade is uh, is in, in uh, danger we see the pressure on on the dollar actually and we see a decline in in uh, in uh, in unequal exchange so i think so we will so this uh, will be a big uh, crisis i think uh, uh, economic create an economic uh, crisis for for the for the uh, global north, and how will the how will the population uh, uh, react on on uh, on uh, and this uh, uh, crisis? This will we this we will have to to see that there's a big uh, what 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 is happening now? I I think is that that the that the U.S. is trying to uh, rally uh, um, 
Europe uh, and uh, Australia and uh, New Zealand and uh, Japan uh, around them, and they are trying to establish this um, this uh, castle of the of the uh, global north. And what they are aiming at is to have a regime change in in uh, Russia and uh, and uh, China, and so kind of re-establishing their their dominance. Uh, uh, by uh, political means, because they cannot, they cannot longer do it by economic means. Because during neoliberalism, they ruled by, by economic uh, superiors, and and, but they cannot do this uh, anymore. Uh, I think so. Uh, we will see this um, big struggle in the coming decades. Uh, I think. And you've written recently that the emerging contradiction in the world system is between forces interested in preserving American hegemony and those looking for a multipolar world. And in that shift, do you see the state of this unequal exchange relationship with a labor aristocracy, with these consumption economies in the global north? As you've just mentioned, you see it more crumbling. Do you believe that that offers an opportunity for Reproletarianization of labor aristocracy in the global north, or the progressive forces continue to be primarily in what used to be the third world, or now the global south, in terms of those pushing for this change. Uh, I will say, well, well, it's it's uh, it's a long, uh, you know, it was very easy, I think, to to uh, de. Uh, it was very easy to to outsource. Actually, it it only took one decade or maybe one and a half decade to to outsource. I think it's it's and and this was because outsourcing was generating huge profits, but it's very difficult to to insource again because then you have to maybe not you you have to pay higher wages and you have to uh, uh, it's very difficult to have a huge profit by insourcing uh, i think so insourcing which will be much more difficult uh, than than uh, than uh, outsourcing because now suddenly they have to compete if they have to to produce the iphone in the U.S. and to compete with with a Chinese uh, uh, smartphone, huh? it is it will be very difficult for for them to to uh, to compete with with that in the money, and and that goes also for car production and all kinds of industrial uh, product. This is this change which which uh, the new international dimension of labor created by. By uh, by neoliberalism, it's a kind of boomerang now, which which uh, makes it's very difficult uh, uh, because they are not in 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 full control of the technology uh, in, anymore. Uh, so it 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 would be very difficult to to tool it. So they are we are looking into to I think a, a long-term uh, political and economic crisis. Uh, it's not only in 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 23 or, or something. It will be a, a long economic uh, uh, crisis, and in that crisis, of course, um, uh, many political uh, things can can uh, uh, change. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Uh, we are not necessarily have to go to a, a fascist uh, uh, rule in, in in Europe and and America. It's 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 a possibility that that the proletariat would or, or the middle class when when they feel the crisis would would go to 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 the right. But but many things can can uh, happen, and there's a lot of of. Of also um, also other factors which which can suddenly and dramatic uh, there's the kind of of uh, of uh, war uh, it's it's luring all, all the time in in the the back until now 
the price of war have been paid at the moment by the Ukrainian uh, uh, people, but it it uh, the it could also uh, when the casualties may maybe will go for Americans or Western Europe, the the interest in 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 war maybe will uh, change, and also of course um, the trade off between. Uh, and money goes to to arms and money goes to welfare it's it's also uh, a discussion uh, when when i discuss with with the very few people uh, in the peace movement in uh, in my part of the world they are not against um, uh, the war because they are anti-imperialist they are against the war because it takes money out of the welfare uh, system um, so I, I, I think if if uh, if it uh, goes on with 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 that, and we see a declining uh, uh, welfare, the interest in in a war will also maybe go down. And then there's also the whole question of of the uh, contradiction with uh, nature and uh, and uh, climate change, which it's also a kind of of a joker in in this. Uh, uh, process. So there are many, there are many f I, uh, forces, and and therefore I I think that that Wallerstein should take uh, uh, another uh, of these uh, persons from from the sixties, and he is talking uh, about uh, the end of of uh, capitalism within this century, and and I think that he's. I think he's uh, right that there is this a huge structural crisis in in the capitalism, and I cannot see, I cannot see any way out of it. Uh, act, act, actually, I, I think what they are pursuing is this uh, system change in in uh, Russia and in uh, in uh, and in China, and uh, yeah. Uh, and I, I think it's a long shot uh, that that they will get that maybe in uh, in uh, Russia, but in China, I I, I don't think they will see uh, a system. It will be very difficult to have a system change in in uh, in uh, China at uh, the moment. And and I think that we are actually. It, it, it's uh, in this contradiction we we are actually in a more multipolar world all already and we see that uh, that uh, that this has created a space for 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 new institutions uh, which are alternatives to the old uh, institutions and also uh, I think it will create a space for for uh, social movements and a revival of of uh, economic um, independence of the third world. I, 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 if I just wanted to say one more thing, I I think there's a lot of of my generation, old school anti-imperialist, which are which are kind of have some kind of um, they are waiting for the 60s to come back actually and are hoping for the 60s to come back with this with this uh, anti-imperialist uh, liberation movements uh, but they are not coming back because it was a, to go back again it was this unique uh, contradiction uh, between uh, co uh, going from colonialism to neo colonialism the decolonialism project the longing for for their own home state together with the soviet union creating a balance and a lot of other things this created this uh, uh, blend of of contradictions which make which made space for this uh, liberation movement where few actually in many uh, it was only a few thousand uh, people with with uh, hand weapons could take state power or could uh, change uh, the system. This is not possible uh, now. The uh, the situation is, and we are not going back to to uh, to uh, this constellation. It it, it will not uh, come back. It's another 
contradictions which are uh, at now, and we will see it's it's uh, another struggle. It's not national liberation now; it's it's economic uh, liberation, and so it's a whole it's a whole kind of other mechanism, and we should not have this. Uh, longing and this uh, retro uh, romantic uh, wishes, I think. That's an excellent point. And I'd like to conclude on a, a, a question of a similar note on that, which is that in Emmanuel's writings, people look, for example, to appropriate and underdeveloped technology and see that he's interested in transnational corporations bringing technology to the third world as a method of development rather than the domestic bourgeoisie or the comprador bourgeoisie class. And I wonder, there's a, an inclination I think some people have to interpret that as a sign of Emmanuel's uh, interest in neoliberal globalization or that he wants to push transnational corporations. But from that, it seems like the political conclusions are more in favor of a turn toward away from simplistic national liberation and towards economic liberation. So I wonder just in concluding what today we can read from Emmanuel's own shift and people, you know, like to label him a bourgeois nationalist, but I think from that it's quite clear that he's not simply a nationalist or he's not just promoting national liberation purely and simplistically. So what can be the ultimate sort of political conclusions from Emmanuel and unequal exchange theory for today as we are shifting away from the progressiveness of a simple national liberation struggle towards more clear benefits of of this economic fronts of a socialist liberation for the third world. Uh, yeah, and, and I remember when when we were talking with uh, Emmanuel in the late seventies uh, and the beginning of the eighties, and you know we told about uh, our work with the liberation movements. Uh, and especially we talked about what we do with the liberation movement in Angola and Mozambique and Zimbabwe and South Africa and Namibia and so on. And, and he was, um, and, and we, you know, we talked about this uh, scenario of they took in power and they would change their economy and cut the pipelines of imperialism. And, and he said, no way, uh, they are not capable of, of building a socialist state or a socialist uh, uh, economy. And, and, and he was not, you know, in, in, in favor of, of uh, creating a kind of pre-capitalist socialism where you, where you divided the little you have uh, 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 and it's only a political socialism uh, socialism have to be constructed as as a development of the productive forces to be the basis of of uh, of uh, of a socialism and many 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 uh, uh, radical uh, uh, socialists actually have a very um, political perception of, of socialism. It's uh, equal uh, divided uh, between. Uh, it, it's like you, you have the same situation in, in, in the Soviet Union in, in 1917, where you have this war com communism where they divided what, what they, little they have. Uh, they, and and uh, Lenin was cri 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 at the beginning. It was necessary, but he uh, criticizes at its uh, its uh, dividing uh, poverty. What we have to do is develop the the productive uh, uh, forces. And this was also very much uh, Emmanuel's point that that it's not only a political socialism. It has to be built on some kind of the development of the productive uh, uh, forces. And who was the best to develop the productive forces? Who was the most advanced productive forces? It was the transnational uh, companies where with their um, um, high level of, uh, of uh, technology. And uh, the third world, should try to acquire this tech technology. And the best thing for 
people who was trying to establish um, um, socialism was to acquire this technology, but to kind of, of hold on to to uh, the political uh, uh, power. He wrote this article, uh, Socialism in, in the Transitional uh, uh, Period. And he saw this transitional period as a long. Uh, I, I, I've just looked into one of the articles from, from uh, the papers which we found in his archive. And there he's talking about several uh, generations uh, uh, it will take to create the uh, socialism. So he had this long perspective on on uh, on uh, uh, socialism, which China always have had uh, Mao Zedong, and now they are talking about. They have always talked that 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 the establishment of, of socialism is a is a fifty or hundred years uh, uh, project there. Yeah? So. So I think in 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 that way uh, there is a, a link between uh, unequal exchange and and uh, profit and crisis and his uh, ideas uh, about um, technology which can be useful also uh, for understanding what is going on um, at the moment. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Torkel. It was a pleasure to discuss this a little bit more. And we'll have another discussion later on with Peter to join us as well um, to develop these ideas more. So yeah. thank you so much. It's a pleasure to discuss and take care. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.